Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Cade Young, and today I'm here with Nathan Drake. How are you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you're here, and I know our listeners will be too. For those of you who don't know Nathan, he's the creator of two incredible resources, and the first is called Reawaken Hymns, where he helps you bring new life to what you might think were those old and dusty hymns. He's also has a YouTube channel called Mina Studio, where he helps you with the tech side of worship. Nathan, thanks so much for serving the worship community with these resources. I know how much work goes into making these resources available, and it's really only a true passion to serve that keeps you going. So speaking of that, like, what makes you so passionate about this stuff? Yeah, um, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't really start passionate about it when I started like five or so years ago. I wasn't unpassionate, but <clears throat> I, was at a, I was at a church, and it was just kind of utilitarian. I wanted to play some hymns, and I couldn't find a lot of modern versions that weren't like super changed, which I don't have a problem with. It's just not what I wanted at the time. I just needed straight up. So I created my own arrangements, and then I was like, hey, other people might use these, so I put them online, and then people started using them, and it got all crazy. And eventually, I was getting emails from people like in small churches all around the world, which was just crazy, and it's still crazy. And they were like, hey, we're using these hymns, and it really helps us for multiple reasons. And that's kind of when I started to get real passionate about it, because I realized there's like this big need for like simple and free worship in a lot of churches. And if I am able to help like a house church in Honduras, I just mentioned that because I got an email, it, if I'm able to help them like do worship every Sunday. That's just amazing. Like I can't like, if that's what God has me here for, that is awesome. What about the tech side of things? <clears throat> what made yeah. you start mine in studio? Yeah. So that came from very, that's the same thing. Uh, they, all these people in these small churches kind of were like, Hey, we don't have any money. Um, how do I do this? <laughs> or how do I get sound or how do I get video? And I'm not an expert in a lot of things, but I am an expert cheapskate. So I was like, yeah, I could try to help you with that. So I started making all these tech videos for these churches kind of to help them out because I love figuring out cheap ways to do things. I love trying to hack things to do them the cheapest way possible, which was helpful for these people. So I started putting out these videos, started the Minus Studio channel. Um, yeah, so that's that's just fun for me. That's cool. And I noticed that you have like a whole series of videos on how to use OBS for live streaming because that's a free yeah. tool available to us. So yeah, I y'all are struggling OBS. with OBS. Go, go check out these <laughs> videos on YouTube. Yeah. I know a lot of people get in there and it's, it's not real user friendly at first. No, it's not. It's intimidating. But once you get used to it, it's awesome. Cool. Man. And it's well, free, that, which is also awesome. That is awesome. Well, man, in every podcast interview, we like to take a moment to bring a failure out into the open so we can laugh together and learn something along the way. Because the truth is, we all make mistakes and they seem really heavy, um, especially when you isolate yourself and think that you're the only one making those mistakes. So it's always good to hear that you make them too. So go ahead and fess up. What's a embarrassing story? Yeah, I've never failed. Sorry. Never have. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I... I couldn't think of any like ultra embarrassing fails. And at first I thought, well, that's good. Maybe I've never failed majorly. But then I realized it's probably that I fail so often that I'm just used to it at this point. That's probably <laughs> what's happening. Um, 
I am notorious for saying the wrong words while singing. I don't know why. I just, I mean, it's so bad that at one of my previous churches, they just called it pulling a Nathan when anybody said a wrong word while singing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Um, I don't know what it is. It's like whatever I, it's, and it's, it's not huge words and it's not bad. It's just like, um, it'll kind of like, I'll say, you know, we instead of I, or I'll say, this instead of that. And I do it constantly. I have no idea I'm doing it. And people are just laughing about it at this point. Like the congregation knows that I'm just saying random words. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but it's, it's not a big, big fail, but it happens all the time for me. Um, you ever last, just blank out on the words completely? I, I, because of that, I always have words up that I can read. Um, I have a chord sheet up cause I, we'd all be in trouble if I didn't, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, uh, that was like two weeks ago I was singing, uh, one thing remains. And this was very strange. I started to sing the, uh, the bridge and I'm looking at the words to the bridge, which is like in life and death, something like that. And I started singing the second verse words on and on and on it goes while reading the actual bridge words. I started singing the second verse words. I don't even know how that's possible, but I just, I just had to stop for a second. I was like, Oh, nope, that's wrong. And then I just started playing the bridge and everybody was just laughed about it. It was funny. And then after the song, I was like, I just said that I was like, I don't know how that happened. I was reading the right words and saying the wrong ones. Clearly God needed you to hear those other words again. So <laughs> I have no idea how I did that, but that takes talent. I must say, to read the the wrong words and say different ones, that's... Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't call that mm -hmm. a fail. I'd call that skill. Yeah, that is pure pure skill, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Can All I right. tell you... Can I... Sorry, can I tell you one fail that's not mine, but it's the funniest thing I've ever seen? Go for it. Is this... Okay. All right. She would be fine with me telling you this, and it's not like I'm going to say her name. So, a piano player at our... One of the churches I was at... She was also the organist at the church. It had a traditional service and a contemporary. She was the organist, and then she played piano for us in our worship band. That kind of tells you about her musical and technological style and ability. Um, she was an amazing lady, so nice, one of the nicest persons I've ever met, but she couldn't use an electronic keyboard for to save her life. So we're playing this song. I don't know what song it was. And she went to go switch the sound on the keyboard. And I'm sure you know where this is going, but it's even better than you think. She went to switch the sound on the keyboard, hit the wrong button, and switched to a different sound. And for some reason that only Yamaha knows why they did this, this keyboard had the sound of like spaceship lasers as a setting. And I, I don't know why, but she couldn't hear herself because the piano was kind of quiet. So throughout this entire song, she didn't stop. She didn't know what was happening. Throughout this entire song, you just hear quiet behind us singing like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> like three minutes long. Everybody's like, why are there spaceship lasers? <laughs> None of us had any idea what was happening. We were all so confused. But it was, I, I can't, <laughs> it was amazing. Just quiet behind the song. Pew, 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 pew. It was so, uh, I loved it. <laughs> That's that's great. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, man. So let's talk about these hymns. They've been known to cause a lot of tension in church, which I'm sure you're full aware of. The young people yeah. want the modern worship. The older folks want to sing the songs from the good old days. But you have a perspective that many have yet to consider, I think. You believe that hymns can serve as the bridge between the old and the new. So tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... 
I believe hymns can be easily, easier, easierly, more easily is the word I'm looking for. See, that's the th- word thing I was talking about. I just did it. <laughs> more easily adapted to a modern style than modern music can to a hymn style, I suppose. If you've ever gone to maybe a rural church where the only musicians like maybe an 85 year old piano player and they're trying to play modern music and this dude's like belting out mighty to save on the piano, it sounds so weird and unnatural. But a, a guy like me playing a, him on an acoustic guitar doesn't sound quite as unnatural as that. So that's what I mean is that when we try to bridge the two with these song styles, hymns can kind of more easily bridge that gap than modern music just for that reason. Um, and a lot of the baggage that comes with hymns, I think, doesn't need to be there. Like, I, I think a lot of younger people who grew up in the church maybe have a bad taste in their mouth about hymns because they saw this, like, emotionless singing going on, reading from a book. Nobody actually cares what they're saying. Um, this just emotionless worship, and it, it sat bad with them. So they have this, you know, bad idea of hymns. And that doesn't need to be there. They can be just as emotionally moving as modern songs can be. But I do want to say, um, hymns are not a solution. If you're having like problems in your church with, you know, the old and the young fighting over music, because that's not a music style problem. That's kind of a, a personal heart problem that you're going to have to solve. So please don't like put hymns in your service and like, Oh, this will fix everything. We got to iron out our hearts and why we have these preferences first. But then after that, once you guys get all the same page and realize you all just want to worship together, then I think hymns can be an awesome. Um, addition to kind of help everybody sing together. This is a pretty deep question, but do you have any tips for uh, church leaders on how to help people change their heart whenever they're kind of stuck in the wrong heart there? <laughs> I wish I did. Um, yeah, I, I, it's so, it's so church by church that I really can't ever find, I get asked this a lot. And I mean, really, you just have to go back to the very core and ask everybody there, why are we all sitting here in church singing songs this morning? Like, and if it's because you really like the songs, then that's fine. Let's realize that. And we can recognize that as just a preference and get rid of it, or you can keep it and we can realize that sin's going to stick around, but we need to figure out that we're all there just to worship God. And there's different people who worship different ways. We're all in this together. So let's try to iron this out, even though it's going to be hard. I mean, you just got to go back to the core, really. And it's not easy. True that. Not easy. Not easy. So a lot of people probably have this question. Like, there's so many great modern worship songs, and they seriously release a new album. Like, Elevation's coming out with something new, like, every day or something like that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So why, why would we even mess with the old stuff? Shouldn't we just move forward? Well, you know, I was thinking, there's so many good hymns, why mess with the modern stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, Flip that's the not, question. <laughs> that's not what I think. Um, here's my answer, and it might be sound strange. You don't need to mess with hymns if you don't need to mess with hymns. It's a church-by-church church things. Hymns are there, and there's some great hymns. But as you said, there's so much modern music And even though there's a lot of bad modern music, there's also a whole lot of great modern worship music. And if you are in a church that like your congregation is all up in the worship and they're all good with it and you're, it's just, it's just great and you don't have any hymns in there, you don't need to add them. It's not like it's going to like, it's not a a thing that's magically going to improve worship if your worship services are already great. Um, I would guess that probably 80% of churches 
around or so could actually benefit from using hymns, but there are those that don't need to mess with them. I'm not going to say you always need to, but they can bring some great things to your service, which not a lot of churches have these amazing worship services with absolutely no problems. If you are that church, uh, let me know and you can give me tips on on worship. Um, (laughs) But the hymns can bring great things that sometimes aren't as um, obvious in a lot of modern music, one of which is if you pick the right hymns, they can have super good theological depth, which luckily modern music seems to be uh, tending towards that way as well. And then also they're just written to be sung. And a lot of modern worship music, unfortunately, is written to be performed by a rock band, which is fine in some churches, but in some churches, other churches can be very hard to sing. So one of the benefits of hymns is they were written to be sung. That's it. They weren't written to be performed. They were written to be sung. And a lot of them can be brought forward and modernized and still be really good for everybody to sing together. And I love modern music, but I rarely see everybody in the congregation sing as strongly and as passionately as then when we pull out like nothing but the blood or amazing grace every once in a while. It's just something about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I've noticed that like, you can't even really explain it, but we pull out a hymn every so often in our services. And every time you do, like it just makes this connection with people that you can't really explain. Like it's almost like if they were disconnected with worship all the way up to that point, all of a sudden they can just jump in and get connected. And that's really cool to watch. Yeah. Agreed. So should we be playing these hymns just like they're written in the hymnal with all like 40 chord inversions and everything else is going on in there? (laughs) If your church is led by a piano or organ, then maybe. But (laughs) (laughs) if your church is led by a guitar or a modern worship band, then definitely not. Um, that's what, I think that's one of the big things that keeps people from using them. And one of the reasons why I started this whole thing is in the first place, because I have kind of simplified guitar usable chord sheets on my website, but yeah, they sound terrible. Absolute hymns sound terrible on the guitar. When you play them with the hum- homorhythmically, every chord on every beat sort of thing, you got to remember that the, the hymnal was written again to be sung. So what you see in there is a four bar harmony and there's a note on every well, there's a note on every note, obviously. There's a chord on every note of the melody because it's a harmony. Those aren't meant to be played by a guitar. Those are meant to be vocal harmonies. So I think people get confused like, oh, look at all these chords, but those are for the voices. The actual guitar, we want to simplify and just use what's necessary. That's what I do on Reawaken Hymns. Nice. So whenever you do reawaken a hymn by making it simple like that, do you change the melody at all? Uh, very rarely do I change the melody. There's a couple that I have, um, mostly because I couldn't find widely used music for them. So I kind of wrote my own that would be congregational. Um, I'm not sure. I think it may be one. I can't think. I think there was maybe one that had music that I changed because it just was not singable in today's worship, how it was. Um, but in general, for reawakened hymns, I keep the melody the same because that's the purpose of reawakened hymns is kind of this, you know, you can use these in your your service so that everybody can sing along to the hymns like people knew them. I have no problem with rewritten melodies on hymns. Um, in fact, one of my favorite artists or resources is Indelible Grace. They do a lot of rewritten hymns, rewritten melodies, and they're fantastic. That's just not my purpose at Reawaken Hymns, but there's nothing wrong with it. All right. So what are some of the stories that you've heard from people who are playing these renewed hymns at their church? Like they're taking what you have on your website, and they're actually implementing it. Yeah, I, it's amazing. This is this is the best part of 
doing this thing. I, I hear from people. Um, I during the when the pandemic started, I started doing full worship sets that people could download for free. So basically, it was me singing like three hymns, and there was some liturgy in there with prayer and scripture, and then people could go download that video for free. And I also had words behind me, just like watching a worship service. Um, but people could download that for free and add it to their online service because I knew that a lot of the kind of small churches or rural churches or older churches that sometimes use reawaken hymns didn't know how to put music on a live stream. They just didn't have the resources or the ability to do that. And I fortunately did. So I don't often say I heard God tell me to do something like straight up, but I was in Florida when this happened and I, I, I knew that he was saying, dude, you know how to do this. A lot of churches are struggling with it. Just make something so they can use it. I'm like, okay. So we came home that night and like painted a basement wall so we could do it and stuff. It was one of the few times that I've been clear exactly what God was telling me to do. Wish it happened more often, but it doesn't. Um, so I started doing these worship sets and I got so much feedback on people using them. And it's just been fantastic. Churches all over the world using them, which again is crazy. One thing that's interesting to me is when I started I kind of thought that the majority of people would be like, hey, we're an older church that uses hymns, but we want to attract you know younger people or whatever. And so we like these modern versions that maybe will attract younger people. And that's 90% of what I get is the opposite of that. 90% of the people who write to me and say, hey, we've been using these things for them are people who are in churches that play modern worship music. And they say things like, hey, Thanks for making these modern versions of hymns. We've added some to our modern services and the older people in our congregation have started to feel left out and we can see a spark in them again. I thought that was so interesting because that's not what I thought, but that makes sense. Um, I think a lot of churches have kind of gone to modern worship and that's great, but they kind of did so by leaving people behind, unfortunately. So I that that's probably the, the, the biggest compliment to me is when I hear that, that these people in these congregations that are older that kind of felt left out can now feel more included in worship again because we've started introducing these hymns without them sounding all weird from being in the middle of a modern service. So that's been fantastic. You know, I realized this, I think it's, it's been pretty frequent because I've had my fair share of being the young worship leader who's like, we should only be doing the the modern stuff. Why can't mm-hmm. you all just come along with us? And I yeah. think it's me and my wife were talking about it. And it's like, you know, by us saying that uh, our music is right and theirs is wrong. It's just the same thing as them saying that our music yeah. is wrong and theirs yeah. is right. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the exact it's same all about, thing. Like, yeah, you, you say that, and then the next day, somebody who's older will come up to me and you like, these these modern songs aren't great. We should be doing all hymns. They're better. And you're like, well, that's completely terrible logic, even though I said the same thing to you yesterday. The opposite, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, it's, I don't think, you know, the musical styles aren't, that's not worship. There's no... Worship is way beyond musical styles, but those are there. And I just picking which generation gets left out is not how worship is supposed to be. And I know there's not an easy answer for that when it comes to musical styles, but we should definitely, we don't want to leave out this generation or that generation. We have to just figure out how to all worship together, no matter what musical style it ends up being. Yeah. Well, in the words of Jesus, you know, to be a great leader, you have to be the greatest servant of all. And I think sometimes as a worship leader, we lose sight of the whole reason we're up there leading worship is to serve everybody in the congregation. Mm-hmm. So Every- you do have to, you have to think of everybody that's out there. And if you can somehow find a way to touch each of them, I mean, that's what you're there for is to serve them. So why not? 
Yeah. And it's not, that doesn't mean that you try to hit everybody's musical preferences in your service. Cause that's the opposite. That's just, that's just shallow and just catering sure. to people's wants instead of their needs. And I, you know, it's just so hard. There's no easy, I wish we could get on here and say an easy answer. Here's how you have a wonderful intergenerational worship service, but it's just so hard. But that's what I was hoping for, man. That's that's why yeah, I had yeah, you yeah. on the podcast yeah, to give us sorry. that answer. <laughs> my bad. There's my worship fail. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, dude, this has been so good. I think it's really helpful for people too. <laughs> I hope that some people got the realization that I got a lot sooner, you know, in their life yeah. about how when you're griping about your own preferences, you're not any better than the person that's griping about theirs. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right, man. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, www.reawakenhymns.com is my website. Uh, you can contact me on there too. Or if you're a YouTubian, you can go to YouTube and I have a YouTube channel too, or I have two YouTube channels, I should say. What, what's, uh, the new stuff you're working on right now or, or coming up? What's the new content you have coming up next? Yeah. Um, currently the, the, the podcast will come out after Christmas. Sorry. But right now I'm working on a Christmas album, which has been going on for six months. Um, once that's over, come January and February, I have no idea. Cause I mean, nobody has any idea because of what's, you know, the pandemic. I have no idea what January or February will look like, but I'm sure it'll be awesome. Yeah. So is this like an album that people can get on iTunes and stuff? The Christmas album? Yeah. Everywhere iTunes, Spotify, all them places. Yep. So and by the time know, this airs, it, go ahead. No, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're hearing this in April, get it anyway. Let's listen to Christmas music all next year. <laughs> Why not? Yep. Or at least put it in your playlist for the upcoming yeah. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Y'all don't miss this opportunity to connect with Nathan. As always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everyone who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. Go ahead and go implement what you learned in this podcast and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.